of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, got it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Wednesday the 20th, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Luke, Wig- <laughs> is Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. How y'all doing this morning? Just doing fun. pretty good. Just fun. That, has anybody ever uh, called you that before? A couple of times, believe it or not. <laughs> really? Yeah, people like to have more fun with the last night, the last name, Wiggles, Wigsy, oh, etc. Yeah. But, you know, from time to time. Well, good morning, gentlemen. What have we, uh, we been keeping an eye on here? Well, yeah, I guess first thing we should talk about is Jefferson. Uh, last night after a rain delay on Monday or rain postponement on Monday, come in uh, and, well, handle business last night and uh, head into the Final Four of the Little League, uh, West Virginia Little League State Tournament. Yeah, I'll tell you what, there's some stone-cold killers on that Jefferson team. <laughs> they got some guys that can ball. Uh, and you're absolutely right. Ona Milton, a couple of days ago, shut them out. They returned the favor yesterday and win 5 nothing. Punch their ticket to the Final Four, uh, where it's single elimination baseball from here on out. It's just uh, best on best. They'll take on Hurricane tonight at 5.30. Um, and if they win, they'll, they'll play in the championship game tomorrow. And uh, all signs point to them having uh, basically all of the arms in their rotation, save Andy Roberts, who pitched yesterday and was phenomenal. Goes five and a third, strikes out nine, no runs, one hit, one walk. Uh, and the performances that they continue to get at the plate. Braden Brown, we talked about uh, a couple of days ago, has been the hero. He was a bottom-of-the-lineup guy, but he's been inserted in the top of the lineup recently, drives in another run, as does Mason Lowry, and has probably, in my opinion, been the best defensive shortstop I've seen of all the teams in the tournament so far. So uh, Jefferson, again, they win 5 nothing. They were in control of this game from start to finish, scored two un- unearned runs in the first inning, and uh, obviously Roberts was not giving an inch of ground, and uh, they're victorious and will play again today. And you were able to catch up with Coach Lowry right after the game. So, Coach, congratulations in the you. Final Four. Uh, this is a team that shut you out a couple of days ago, but today you returned the favor. What was the difference between the two games? Um, I, mean, I think we were a little shell-shocked the first time we played them. That gets blue. That kid... He's the real deal. He can throw us. Um, we ain't seen nothing like that yet, and uh, I think they're just a little shell shocked. Got a little bit of humble pie, you know. We hadn't run into much trouble until then, so I, I, I think it was good timing for that. Take that loss there. They came in the night. They were locked in. They were ready. I could see it in their faces when they got out of their cars. So it was, it was pretty good. Well, speaking of great performances on the mound, Andy tonight was spectacular. Yeah. Um, that was a game time decision. <laughs> I was at work today, and I was thinking all day who I was going to start. And uh, he never, the thought never crossed my mind to start him until I showed it. So I got out of my car. So it was kind of crazy. I thought, you know, this mound's a little steeper than the one up the hill, and he's he's real tall. He gets downhill. I figured that could play to our advantage. You know, ball coming down at an angle like that. And uh, he's just a dog. He's one of those kids you can put out there in that situation. He doesn't get rattled. He doesn't get phased. And, I can't say enough good things about his performance tonight. 
Uh, tough matchup, obviously. You're always going to get a tough matchup with just four teams left in the bracket, and it's a team that's played two fewer games than you. Have you been able to see much of this Hurricane team? Or your thoughts and expectations going into that matchup? I have not seen one of their games. I'm left to uh, look at Game Changer for them, but uh, these, these guys are ready for whatever comes in front of them. Um, after, after seeing this and going through this loss and coming back tonight and winning, you know, I, they're not going to get rattled at this point. So we're confident, but we know we got work to do. Last time we talked, we talked about uh, having to burn an extra arm that you didn't expect to. However, yesterday you get the day off because of the rain out. Did that do anything to help the arms that you have left in the uh, in the in the stable? Um, actually, the rain out kind of hurt us more because we were kind of expecting if we got to the championship, they would be there. So, and they get their guy back Thursday. So the way our pitching worked out yesterday with Damian and Cole coming in and throwing gems, I mean, Damian's a catcher. He doesn't pitch for us, you know, and he came in and threw a perfect game in three innings. Um, that was huge. That helped us. So today we had everybody available but Cole. And so we were setting, we were setting good yesterday, actually. Got my days mixed up. <laughs> but, yeah, we were setting pretty good. And, um those two helped us out tremendously with that today we were fully loaded so yeah the rain out it it would have helped them because they would have had their guy back on thursday which but worked in our favor coach last question good crowd tonight uh how much of an impact were the fans today these these kids absolutely love hearing the noise in their favor they love it they, they thrive off of it uh, they they feel like professionals you know got a bunch of people out there yelling your name cheering for you that I mean they just they they feed off of it so the more Jefferson fans we can get out here the better off they'll be all right good luck tomorrow thanks brother uh, very good interview with him and it's cool that you brought up the uh fans because I think that's the first question I asked you when you said uh you know about the game and being down there and whatnot uh, was how many people were there because we all know little league fans little league parents are Always the loudest person in the room, especially when they're you know kids playing in a state tournament like this. And let me add this: um, the Jefferson fans all tournament long, they've been engaged and they've been really incredibly well behaved. You know, there's some crazy parents, new classic little right. league parents, gets a little crazy yelling at their kid, whatever. Uh, the Jefferson fans have just been arguably, and it's some bias being out here in the Panhandle, the best fan group. Obviously, there's been a bunch of them there. There's probably 100, 125 of them there yesterday. But they're really engaged, locked into the game, and you can really tell that they just add an extra lever, uh, level excuse me, of effort and energy. So they play on the big field tonight. If they win, they'll be in the championship game. So I would invite... Um, all of our listeners to go out and check it out tonight. If not, follow along with the updates at Twitter. EP News Network is the handle. Uh, and then the recap, that'll be posted at the website because, like I said, um, they haven't thrown their ace yet. They will tonight uh, against a very good Hurricane team. And this is uh, obviously the defending state champion, Jefferson, so they've mm -hmm. been here before. Uh, still two more games to win, but they're playing very good baseball. And what time's that game again? It's at 5.30. 5.30. So uh, give you an excuse to maybe sneak out of work a little mm -hmm. early and uh, – Go down and watch a game, and you know it's cool to watch these because I feel like people still are just like, yeah, it's little league. Like, why do you why do you want to go watch a little league game, little league state game? Well, it's like these kids are really good. Like yeah. they're out here, they're yeah. balling. You got kids that are throwing. I mean, you were talking about the off speed pitches, and you know when I was out there watching the game over the weekend, just 
not even their off-speed pitches more they were hitting their spots. So they were standing by one of the bullpens and uh, they're working through like rhythms and routines. And I was trying to think back when I was in little league, I was just always trying to figure out how I was going to be able to run to the concession stand, get some bubble gum and get back <laughs> by the time I hit. And you know, they take it serious. You can tell they take it serious and these games are getting uh, getting pretty pretty big, especially towards the end of this tournament here. So make sure you're keeping up with that over at EP News Network. Uh, how far did you guys ever get in your little league? Did you ever have good luck in your All-Stars? You were ever in All-Stars? I was a pedestrian baseball player at best until about 12 years old. Mm-hmm. So I think the first year I made an All-Star team, we got knocked out pretty early in the Little League tournament, and I think it was by a panhandle team. It had a, I think we had more success when it came to pony ball, but... There's some there's some dysfunctionality in the in the Morgantown system. You know, Morgantown University kids not exactly mixing well with the middle school kids. And then you throw in a, a young Luke Wiggs who went to a Christian school that nobody's ever heard of in their entire life. So, you know, the, the chemistry, I guess, uh, of the Morgantown youth baseball system was just not quite the same of the powerhouses out here in the panhandle. So not a lot of deep tournament runs. We had, and I'll have to save the story for another day, our Pony League was phenomenal. We almost advanced because the other team forfeited and then decided they didn't want to forfeit. It was a, a pretty wild time to be alive. That was the only <laughs> game that we won in our Pony Regional, or we were going to win until they decided they didn't want to forfeit anymore. But uh, no, not incredibly far. What about you, Parker? Were you a baseball guy? I did not play one inning of baseball. No? Never did. You were a runner. You were always out there. You were the crazy kid in the outfield or on the other side <laughs> of the fence. We need an MLB comp for you. Oh, I'm going to have gosh. to come up with one by the end of the show. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Why is it Chase DeLauder? Chase Chase DeLauder. I don't know if I could pack the power of the plate like that kid can, but eh, I, I, I was fast back in the heyday, so we'll. I'll, I'll, that's my one tool out of the five that I have, but uh, that's all I'm packing really in the field. <laughs> That we uh, our little league was always pretty good. Our youth sports. Once we all got out of little league, really, then lacrosse started to infiltrate uh, mm-hmm. the pack, and that kind of split everybody up. But um, I'll never forget my 11 year old year. So you have like 10, 10, 11, 12s, or you have 10, 9, 10, then 11, 12 for all stars. But one year, and it was my 11 year old year because they were adding a bunch of different things. They had like the 13 year old year that year and all kinds of stuff. But there was just an 11 year old team. For like all stars, and we uh, got to the I think it was a state tournament. I'm pretty sure it was a state tournament. Get uh, beat, bases loaded, right? Walk off grand slam by this team. Oh god! I was o for a lifetime. I don't. I don't think I got a single hit in that whole tournament. There's a picture I think still in my parents' uh, refrigerator of me striking out. Go figure. I think Oops. it was the only picture I know that they could get <laughs> from that tournament. But yeah, it's special. Postseason little league baseball is definitely pretty special. So make sure you go check that out. Five thirty tonight down at Oatsdale Park. Or if you can't make it, you can uh, you can uh, keep along with it over at EP News Network. On Twitter, but in other baseball news, longtime college baseball coach Wayne Riser saw this uh, breaking news uh, just recently is coming back to Berkeley County to be the new athletic director over at Spring Mills. Now, listen to this. And we were we talked with Coach Monty Cater, former Shepherd, longtime football coach, and he had a crazy record, right? And the numbers were huge. Now, listen to this one: four hundred ten, three fifteen, and two in eighteen years as the Shepherd baseball head coach. Wow. That's doesn't get much better than that. He had nine Weviac Northern Division titles in 94, 97, 98, 99, 01, 02, 03, 05, and 06. He had three NCAA, double, he had three NCAA Division II regional appearances in 97, 02, and 06. And then in uh, 04, they got their Weviac Championship. Uh, I mean, he had at one point the best winning percentage in all of D2 baseball with an 848 winning percentage. He were 37 and or 39 and 7. I mean, he can go on and on, but he's coming back. 
to uh, help the kids around here. He's going into a still developing, still young Spring Mills athletic program. And I think this uh, with a guy at the helm like Wayne that's got you know that forward-moving brain, I mean, he made Fairfax Field really what it is out at Shepard with a couple million dollar renovation back, I believe, in 2009. If you haven't been out to watch a baseball game at Shepard, it is a great place to do it. So congratulations to Coach, or I guess I should say Mr. Riser at this point, for being the new athletic director out at Spring Mills. But yeah, well, we got to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to start talking a little All-Star game because I think this was probably one of the more entertaining All-Star games to watch, not mainly for the play on the field, but for all the extra stuff they were doing, which I don't know how they were even focusing on playing with all the microphones and earpieces and different things and people talking in their heads while they're out there trying to play the hardest game, in my opinion, the hardest game uh, there is to play. So stick around. We're talking that on Panhandle Sports Live after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. So, uh, Parker, let's start talking a little all-star game. I think this was uh, really one of the more entertaining ones, not like I was saying because of just how good the athletes were out there and there was some pretty good ball being played. Um, but there, the extra stuff, the mics, the conversations, I mean, the pitchers could talk to the catchers real time. There were guys up in the booth were talking to the pitchers real time and guys in the I mean it's crazy but it was fun to watch oh yeah it was a super fun watch the American League ended up beating the National League last night three to two Paul Goldschmidt hit a two-run homer early in the game answered next inning by Giancarlo Stanton who who would be the MVP of this year's all-star game for that two-run homer Byron Buxton followed that up right after Stanton's two-run homer with a homer himself that ended up being all the scoring for this year's all-star game and then uh Locally, Alec Manoa strikes out his side for his inning and appearance in the All-Star game. So it was definitely, as you mentioned before, with all the extra stuff going on, it was really cool. There were moments I saw uh, Garrett Cole from the Yankees and Max Fried from the Braves. They were talking to each other from opposite dugouts about hitting home runs as a pitcher, which was funny. There was a uh, Nestor, Nestor Cortez and Jose Trevino had a really cool moment when they were both in their first All-Star games together doing pitching and catching, which was awesome. How... How and why is he allowed to pitch like he does sometimes? Nestor? Yeah. Like with his crazy wind-ups and like he Quite does. He's been doing that for a while. Yeah, but these with, are like aggressively nobody, exaggerated. Base, pretty much do whatever I guess want. you're right. But like these that, are that's crazy. That's the thing. And this is such a, a – leg kicks are so popular in baseball right now. You yeah. know what I mean? That mm-hmm. you can just absolutely decimate yeah. somebody's timing by acting like the, the balance from Nestor Cortez. Let's be honest. He's, he's pitching with my body and a stash. <laughs> And he's got unbelievable balance. These Yankee stashes are pretty good this oh, year. Oh, and the carpenter—they all look Elite. pretty good. Oh, yeah. Elite. Now the real question is between pitcher mustaches, who's got the better one right now? Spencer Strider from the Braves or Cortez's? Cortez? Cortez. 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 It just, it just became like the Yankees. Did everything. It works. It works. A Yankee pitcher with a uh, mustache always plays. But um, speaking of the local guy, the West Virginia graduate and uh, former Mountaineer, he was mic'd up, and he I think probably had the best kind of sound bites. <laughs> from being mic'd up last night. Here we go. There's one. Here we go. There's two. He caught it. Bye, you. Here we go. Yeah, baby. Front hey. Don't flinch. 
John, what do you got for him on one two? Make this slider look like a strike on the outside corner and make it disappear off the corner. I'm thinking the slider too, but I think if I execute a good heater up. Yeah. You've seen the sinker twice. Something that stays true. Might throw him off a little bit. I think we're gonna go with that. Let's see what Kirby calls. Again, this is all happening while he's playing in the game. He's talking with the guys, either with the catcher or the guys up in the booth. But this is him during that last pitch of his side. Right down the middle, but we'll take it. Three punches. <laughs> Let's go. Alec, congratulations. And I think that's so cool. That adds such a cool dimension to the game. And uh, I wish there was a way. I mean, you can't do that every game, right? But I wish there was a way to do it more often. Yeah, that is really cool just to have those moments where, like, we're getting an inside look of the players and then actually conversing of the game because they usually what pitchers and catchers do is hand signals, trying to signal mm-hmm. what they're doing. Hearing Manoa talk with them like, all right, I'm going to go with a slider because he's seen the sinker too many times. That's pretty cool to see. And just the uh, I, just the love of Manoa through this game was really cool too. This was his first all-star game ever at the young age of 24. It looks like he's got a few more of the way he's been pitching this season coming up. And just to see his energy out there, he really showed the uh, West Virginia spirit <laughs> with him being at the All-Star game this year. And I would make the argument that Major League Baseball athletes are the most personable uh, of athletes. You know, athletes kind of have this larger-than-life persona, but Alec Manoa is just a dude. He, yeah. There are high school pitchers that sound like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jordan probably sounded like that back in the day when he was on the <laughs> mound striking my, up the side. Yeah, my language probably a little bit more colorful than I'd like to <laughs> But Alec Manoa, I, you know, I understand why Stanton was the MVP because that was the game's crucial hit, but he almost had an immaculate inning in an all-star game. And he outpitched Shane McClanahan, who's the front runner for Cy Young. I know it doesn't matter because it's the All Star game, but what an unbelievable uh, performance! My freshman year at WVU was his last year, and I got to do a bunch of his starts for U ninety two, including him against Nick Ladola, who mm-hmm. uh, was also a first round pick. And he's just an unbelievable competitor, but a really good person. You know, it, when WVU hosted the regional. Uh, Manoa gets kicked around in his start against Duke, and that was, frankly, a big reason why WVU loses that regional. Mm. But comes back the next day and was the loudest person in the dugout because he wanted the chance to pitch again. He wanted his teammates to do it for him. He's one of the best personalities to come out of WVU baseball and is a legitimately great person. And that was on display last night. That was just It just sounded like fun. You know, mm. that mic'd up can a situation can express the joy of baseball uh, in a way that's going to bring in new fans. And uh, I think it's definitely, yeah, I think it's definitely the best way to bring in the new fans to make it, make baseball fun. I mean, they're having fun out there and now we can tell, we can hear how much fun they're having. But Parker, I think you brought this up to me this morning uh, and I didn't catch it, but it was an interview with Aaron Judge after the game and people are uh, a little confused by it, especially <laughs> thinking that uh, Aaron Judge is basically saying he might not be a uh, Yankee here for too much longer. And yes, it's named Jacob who came up the other day really upset from his school in Astoria. He just came over. He's like, are you telling me that Aaron Judge may not be a Yankee after this year? What do you have to tell to Jacob right there and tell your fans that want you to remain in a Yankee uniform? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to put you on the spot. <laughs> I mean, we're on live TV. Yeah, no, Jacob, buddy. Um, you know, we got a lot of great Yankees on this team. You know, there are a lot of great Yankees be here for a long time, you know, so don't don't get, hey, don't be upset. Don't be upset. Hopefully you'll be a judge fan for life. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. So we've all, look, the three of us, we've interviewed tons of people, you know, we've, we've, we know what that dynamic's like and it can be a little tough. Maybe you want to ask a, you know, a tough question. Maybe you want to ask it a little, phrase it a little differently, but this 
was just the wrong place, wrong time. Uh, the whole thing was just off. Yeah, that was a terribly pinpointed question at that time. And then, granted, the the best case scenario for that question would have been, uh, we'll see where it goes. That, yeah. that would have been a quick way to get out of it. But it's just you, you bringing the kid in there was kind of <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> you're that, that's too much. That's too much. And. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm i in the camp of, at this point, I don't think Aaron Judge is going to be a Yankee after this season. And, and they, they would have offered him the contract by now if they yeah. would have really. Why wouldn't there. they, though? I, I don't understand. I think it's maybe because he's 30. That might be the that might be the reason. Maybe they are trying to say? Maybe they're trying to get in on the one Soto sweepstakes. I'm not too sure well, why, but at, I, I just don't think Aaron Judge is going to be a Yankee after this season. That pretty much is going to confirm it. First of all, if one of us asked a question like that, uh, Mr. Parsons, our boss, a couple of doors over, somebody would be putting their their yeah. their, their service revolver and badge on a the head desk. would be poked into <laughs> yeah. a door, being like, "Hey, so uh, what was that?" <laughs> the, the, the Judge thing is kind of brutal, obviously, uh, because the Yankees are also flirting with Soto. Because yeah. you got to pay the guy that's right now odds-on favorite to be the AL MVP, but in the meantime, you're trying to trade for Juan Soto. The answer of that question obviously shows a lot of vitriol to the front office, as there should be, because mm-hmm. Aaron Judge has earned a chance to get extended a contract, even if it's not the years that he's wanting to, the money that he's wanting to, because it's the Yankees and the deepest pockets in baseball have no problem coming up with money when it mm-hmm. comes to paying their stars to help try to compete and win championships for a team that has so much chemistry coming into the All-Star break, best record in baseball, most runs scored, fewest runs allowed, and the only other teams in baseball, I think there have been five up until this point, that had had that mark at the All-Star game. Four of them won the World Series, one of them lost in the World Series. And the last thing you want to do is tick off your worst, your best hitter, excuse me, uh, before you go down the stretch uh, and get into the postseason because it can be a house of cards and fall apart right before your eyes. So we're we going to get Soto for Judge straight up? That would be interesting. I don't think we're going to get something around that range. I don't think the Nationals would want to do that <laughs> nah. because they're rebuilding. <laughs> yeah. But that would be interesting. Well, where's he go? Where's the where's the landing spot for for Judge? For Judge, I I think if he does not get back with the Yankees, I think this is going to be a revenge tour, and he's going to sign with either the Red Sox or the Mets. It's going to be those are the two. Oh, I've, the Mets would be great. Those, are, would those be are the two I've quality. heard of big time being. I think I've heard Mets more than Red Sox. But I think it's going to be one of those two. If Juan Soto doesn't end up with the Mets or if he goes to the Yankees, expect Judge to end up with the Mets. I think the Mets are probably the front runner for Aaron Judge if he doesn't go back to the Yankees. But don't don't sleep on the Red Sox as a potential option, too, because nothing's better than... <laughs> the Red Sox is like that. the easy... It's like, okay, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, he goes to the Red Sox. But the Mets, he stays in the city. He stays in the spotlight. He sees the Yankee guys all over the place. I think that would be a cool one. Him going to uh, him going to the Mets. It'd be drama filled. I and I'm here for it. I love we we don't get this many huge drama stories in baseball. I think that would be a whole story the entire season. The why the the Yankees chose not to ride with Aaron Judge, and if he wins AL MVP, that makes the story that much better. Well, you saw Soto was saying that he's trying to uh, recruit um, Trey Turner back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Good luck, pal. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be great. I'd love to see Trey Turner's cool slide all the way back in uh, Nats Park. But like you said, probably won't happen. But we do have to get to the break coming up here in a few minutes. We're going to be talking TBT because that's coming up. Well, it's already happening, but in earnest, it's coming up here uh, in just a few days. So stick around after the break on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. 
Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Now, before we start talking about TBT, the basketball tournament, uh, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on something that I saw that's kind of making rounds around Twitter and the internet from the All-Star game, and that is this uh, adult. I mean, he's got gray hair. We'll call him a grown man, right? He's uh, trying to get an autograph from one of the ballplayers going by, and uh, he's not on the fence. There's two. Three, now that I'm actually looking at it here, there's an even littler guy that's like right at the edge of the fence. But there's three kids in front of him, also with baseballs, also trying to get autographs. And he's, you know, pushed into him, reaching over him. He, I mean, he elbows the one kid that pushes his arm away. So what are your guys' opinions on adult sports fans that are trying to get, you know, like the card you've worked in, uh, you know, pro baseball. You've seen the guys that stand outside of the clubhouse yeah. with the books of cards and stuff. Where do you, where are you guys' opinions on, I guess, adult fans and autographs and, you know, being maybe a little too aggressive trying to get those autographs? Well, a couple of things to that. You know, the difference between an adult fan and a little kid fan is the adult fan has money. And all of these athletes go to card shops or you can get pay you can pay to get stuff signed for you. I know it's not as cool as getting it signed in front of you, but that's kind of where it should be for an adult to not take away an opportunity for a young kid to meet a major league baseball player, get his autograph and have that moment because it means more to a little kid uh, than the adult. But the thing that always bothers me and you guys all know you've been to a baseball game before and seen it. Obviously, guys that do it somewhat professionally, you know, like you said, they've got the binder, they've got the Sharpie and they, mm-hmm. you know that whatever they get signed is going straight to eBay. You know, I was just in Fenway Park and saw a guy trying to do that. He was begging Packy Naughton, of all people, who has like six Major League Baseball appearances to sign something for him. And you, he put it in a baggie and you knew that that ball was going straight to eBay, which is a shame. Now, athletes have gotten wise to it. Um, I was at a game in PNC Park one time and Clayton Kershaw was signing autographs and there were some older guys that he started signing for, but he would only sign it for them if he could put their name on it because right. you, you can't sell you it can't if it says it. To, to Jim Bob mm. or something like that online. Um, that fan was a little overzealous. You really shouldn't be shoving kids to get an autograph. He has a right to try to pursue an autograph. He's a fan too. I wouldn't say no to getting stuff signed at the All-Star game, but not at the expense of costing a little kid a chance to get an autograph or the fact that he was getting a little shovey there. Right. Uh, yeah. See, that's that's my thing. You don't got to be aggressive about it, right? I mean, and to play kind of you know the advocate here um, – you know, adults are just as much fans yeah. as kids are of these teams. They look up to these players just as much as the kids do. Why can't they, you know, kind of jockey for a position to get an autograph? Because you don't know. He looks like he's a pretty big um, Padres fan. He's got the jersey yeah. on, the hat on. He's just got a ball, so he's not. Doesn't look like he's really there trying to get anything re- in the resale market. So, I don't know. Do you think it's that bad? Now, don't get me wrong. I. I grew up collecting cards and everything as well. I wanted to get all these. And growing up, it was harder to get some cards. And it's even harder now just because the, the hobby has yeah, the come back. back. Yeah. The market's yeah. back, and it's become even harder to find cards and find autographed items. But, again, don't take away from a kid. That's that's the biggest takeaway I have from there. And this these are moments that these kids are trying to – they're trying to make memories that will last a lifetime. And you can find stuff like this on the Internet. You – Assumably, this guy works at least a decent job because he's at the All Star Game. That was probably a hot ticket, so right. he's he's got enough to probably get him something like that. So I'm not taking away. I'm not saying don't pursue autographs if you're an adult fan. Please do. It's part of the sport. It's you fun. Say, Enjoy if it. If you're walking out on the street and you see, you know, name 
whatever athlete that you're a fan of. Are you going to ignore them? Are you going to say what's up? Are you going to try and shake their hand, get a picture, get an autograph? Now, I mean, I'm, is, pro- I'm going to. I'm at least I'm going to at least say you know what's up to them. I had an interesting interaction one time. I was down in North Carolina and I was eating somewhere with my buddy. We were coming back from Disney one time. Nice. Swear, <laughs> swear, I saw Greg Olson. Okay. Swear, this dude was tall, looked just like him. I I'd swear it was probably Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. I I didn't say anything. Just it looked like it was just casual. He was just chilling out and everything. I I didn't say anything just because it's like he's just trying to chill out. Just let him be a normal person. That's that's kind of like where I draw the line. Like it kind of depends where you interact with somebody with. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like kind of impeding on someone if they're trying to just chill out, have a good time. They they just want to be a regular person for a little bit, and I I kind of want to understand it and, and respect that. And I think that's where the line is between. Like child fan and adult fan. As an adult fan, you real you know that these people are normal people, and especially if you see them outside of you know the field or outside of their you know sport, uh, you know you you know that you shouldn't be bothering them, right? Yeah, that they're yeah. trying to you know do their thing and whatever. Now, if it's kid, then I, they have I think a license as long as they're respectful, of course. You know all that thing. Please and thank you, sir, ma'am. Um, as a kid, you kind of have a license to go up to them whenever because you know that's. Yeah, the real fans, I guess you could say. But yeah, I think that's where the line is kind of drawn. But I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that because the video is a little rough for that guy. It's a tough video if you've <laughs> yeah. seen that on Twitter. He's having a rough day at work today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, no. Man, could you imagine the looks he got when he walked in, especially oh, the people that no. saw? <laughs> but anyways, um, basketball, changing gears now. The the basketball tournament, million dollars on the line. Uh, it's pretty much, you know, we could have had a team in TBT, which... Not sure how well we had gone on that one, but the best Virginia squad, which is all West Virginia alumni, I think just looking at it, and yeah, I'm a little biased because a lot of these guys are right when I was, you know, a super West Virginia basketball fan when they were making all those tournament runs and things like that. I think, you know, looking at the roster, they look like they should be one of the favorites. Kevin Jones, John Flowers, Javon Carter, uh, you know these names, Devin Ebanks, D'Angelo Hunter, my goodness. Um Deshaun Page? Wow. Uh, I guess I haven't looked at this roster as uh, intently as I should have. But, Luke, you have a ton of experience with TBT. You know a lot of these guys, probably some of them personally, especially since a lot of them, I think, are still around West Morgantown. I think John Flowers still lives in Morgantown or yeah, somewhere he's a around realtor. it. Yeah, go figure. Um, but this is coming up. It's kind of it's happening also right now. So tell people a little bit about TBT. Well, it's a really fun event. Obviously, it's uh, the same bracket that you see in March Madness, 64 teams, one champion, and that champion wins a million dollars. And you see alumni teams get entered in or just uh, a good crop of overseas players try to get together and win some money in the offseason. There's some charities as well. Um, Autism Army is in the, one of the regional finals. They came out of Rucker Park, uh, and they pledged a portion of, if not all, the money. Because uh, no professionals, right? Is that in there? Oh, like they're current all, they're, professionals. They're all current professionals. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, so you can keep the money. You can do whatever right. to it. You know. Um, Sideline Cancer is the, the the original charity that they promised if they've won, they haven't won yet, unfortunately, that they'll give all of the winnings uh, to charity. It's a really fun event, and obviously it has the Elam ending, which I won't go into big detail. But the you, Elam ending. It took a little bit for me to really figure out what it was, but once I did and was you know pay attention oh, to TBT last year, it made it electric. I love it. You, you play to a set score at the end, and you know it, it, it means that you don't have a lot of teams fouling each other to try to come back into a game. Uh, but Best Virginia is in it. Um, this is their third season representing TBT. Each time they've won at least a game, um, but they haven't gone further. Uh, the Elite Eight is when you go to the next location and move on. But there's a regional this year in Charleston. There's a West Virginia alumni team in Best Virginia, like you mentioned, uh, and a, a Marshall team as well, and heard that. And for the first time 
the teams would be trending towards playing each other. Uh, they missed each other during the COVID year because Best Virginia had to drop out. And then the last year when they had it at Charleston, they only would have played each other if they had both gotten to the regional final and um, uh, heard that wasn't able to. Now they both have to win a game. Best Virginia plays Virginia Dream and heard that play the Founding Fathers. The Founding Fathers um, are James Madison alumni team and they were in Charleston last year. Uh, so it looks like that both heard that and Best Virginia would be favorites. Um, but it's tough to see. In Hurt That's case, their best players are getting older. Odd Elmore and his dad, Bod, stole the show during the <laughs> pandemic year. And then John Elmore uh, is one of the most electrifying, balding, six-foot white guys you'll ever see. you got to look up. And when we're done, I'm going to have you guys look up John Elmore's highlight reel because it is electric for somebody that looks like he's uh, a lawyer. Um, <laughs> but uh, best Virginia's roster, like you mentioned, it's gone through some changes. There's going to be a lot of questions as to what the starting lineup is going to be. Um, obviously, Jawan Staten's really the only pure point guard. Um, he's a speedster, but he's getting up there in age. He's 30, and he stopped playing basketball outside of TBT. And the big addition that they had made in the offseason was Caleb Wesson, the former NBA draft prospect who played at Ohio State. He's a very good shooter for a big man, uh, is no longer a part of this team. And they replaced him with Tavon Myers, who's a guard. So there's not a lot of forward depth on this team, but it's a really fun roster. They can shoot all, all 10 guys on the roster can shoot and they're well coached. Obviously, James Long is there and uh, Dave Tallman, who coaches Morgantown Highs, won a couple of state championships. It's a really fun event. It's a high level of basketball. I would make the argument that it is obviously a tier below the NBA, but it's in that G League Euro League caliber of the next best because some of these guys of this tournament have gone on to get NBA contracts and we're going to be running the games of course here on WEPM and WCST and it's a, just a really fun event. So of course you have Best Virginia right West Virginia team heard that Marshall but you look at some of these other ones like uh, Friday beers right you got the nerd <laughs> the nerd team and I think Friday beers but like it's not all pro guys or like former D1 athletes right that's kind of the cool thing about mm -hmm. TBT is that you have Best Virginian heard that who should win their games against Virginia Dream and Founding Fathers. But then you also have like War Ready, Fully Loaded, Bucket Nears, yeah, which I think Nears, is a pretty yeah. good name. That's a pretty good one. Um, there's a few of them that, you know, is pretty cool. But I think that's what's cool about this tournament. Like I said, if we wanted to get a team together, as long as we, you know, were able to win a couple of games could be in this yeah absolutely uh there's a, a d3 all-star team or alumni team that's there as well <laughs> and is it is it mainly like uh university alumni teams because i see like Bayheim's uh army like i'm assuming that's a syracuse yeah they won team. it last year yeah. so it's there's a good mix the money team is sponsored by floyd mayweather um oh, they're nice. a one seed uh the guys stl was a team that i was trying to watch it, it, it killed me because on the broadcast they kept calling them youtube sensations and i went and found their youtube channel had like twelve thousand subscribers <laughs> um it was uh, a couple of d3 guys named bomberito who is that's a, a famous st louis car dealership name so i'm sure there's some money involved mm. there but yeah there's teams from all varying perspectives there are guys in this tournament that have played in the nba there are guys in this tournament that haven't played higher than Division Three. Uh, Julian Newman was playing in TBT this year, the washout uh, YouTube sensation right, little basketball right. player that was five <laughs> foot three and then he couldn't play anywhere. So there's just this eclectic group of talent. Now it's usually that the team that won it all the time uh, when the tournament started was Overseas Elite, which was literally just the best combination the of overseas, overseas all stars. <laughs> um, but. Those are the teams that usually win, but there's always a, a couple of tantalizing teams. Heard that was that during the lockdown because Ott Elmore is 
very comfortably two bills at this point in his life. You know, his gut's hanging out, but he's hitting shots and he's talking trash and he has no hair and people love that. And then heard that goes into, you know, the Elam ending situation, had to call timeout to draw up plays. And when it happened, their head coach, which is John Elmore's dad, didn't have a clipboard. He had a piece of chalk and he got down and he drew the game winning play on the ground, on the court. Wow. So heard that was kind of the darlings of that TBT. So there's some fun stories every year. The Rucker Park thing was really cool because of how historic the pickup mm-hmm. games have been mm-hmm. there. Obviously, Dr. J and whoever, but they had a rain delay, which when has that ever happened yeah, in a basketball? They, they had yeah, to put a tarp real. over Rucker Park and the rim was crooked. Uh, but they still continue to play. So you get things from TBT that you don't get in any other uh, tournament. And it's it, it's really, truly fun to watch. And there's a lot at stake, obviously, Parker, with a million dollars on the line. Yeah, you could say that. I was looking at some of the uh, notable players that are also in the tournament as well. The TMT from Floyd Mayweather, Jimmer Fredette is on that team. No, he's not. He is. Why is Jimmer on Floyd Mayweather's team? J- Jimmer Fredette is <laughs> on Jimmer TMT. doing? He's lost. Jimmer's lost. He's lost the plot. Yeah, Jimmer's honestly, lost. And honestly, and as well as this, here's a uh, name you may have not have heard for a while. Uh, Dominique Rogers-Cromarty, former yeah. NFL corner. He has his own team in the, t- in the TBT. And he, he played in Charleston last year. His team lost in the first round. He was kind of nice with it. He can't shoot, but lockdown defender. I think he had ten rebounds. Was he six foot two? Yeah, he's he, he, he six foot two. He put on a show. He's a good athlete. He he was cool to watch in Charleston. He's speed demon too. If you remember what he did in the combine in 08, he is fast. Not I don't know how fast he is now because he's probably trending towards the age of forty. But <laughs> he he was in in his prime. He was one of the fastest DBs in the NFL. So that'll be a, definitely a fun watch seeing him out there. Absolutely. Again, talking TBT, the basketball tournament, a million dollars up for grabs. And Best Virginia, which is the West Virginia alumni team, they play on July 24th, 7 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN2. Heard that plays on the 24th at 5 p.m. You can watch that, excuse me, on ESPN3. And you'll also be able to listen to both those games right here on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. But stick around after the break. It's Parker's Picks here on uh, Panhandle Sports Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. We were talking TBT, and if you uh, missed any of that, make sure you head over to PanhandleNewsNetwork.com and go under the uh, Sports tab. If you scroll through uh, some of the articles on there, uh, Luke's got a pretty comprehensive overview of TBT, uh, an article up there. So go check that out. But Parker, it's time to uh, hear your picks. How'd you do in the All-Star game last night? Well, we came really close to hitting the uh, hits parlay from yesterday. It was very close. The only people that did not come through was Rafi Devers, who only had one plate appearance and he got walked. So that was that was pretty rough. And then Aaron Judge went over two when he was at the plate. So Trey Turner got a hit. Tim Anderson got a hit. Paul Goldschmidt got a hit. And Otani got a hit. Should have put my uh, chips in on Jose Ramirez. He had two hits. So was more of a defensive game in the All-Star game for what I thought it was going to be. But for today, honestly, not much to bet on because MLB is coming right off of the All-Star break. There's only two games going on today. You got the Rangers going to Miami to take on the Marlins, and you have the Giants in Los Angeles taking on the Dodgers. I like both money lines for Rangers and Dodgers today. I like both of those. You got John Gray pitching for Texas. He's been having a pretty good year, and I think Texas is kind of I could see maybe a second-half push from the Rangers a little bit. They're trying to stay fringe in that wild-card spot while the Marlins are kind of dipping down. And I think the Dodgers are just going to ride the high from hosting the All-Star game, and they're going to win that one. And I like both of those for today for my picks. 
What do you got? You got anything over there, Luke? You know, I was trying to come up with something incredibly obscure that you can still find on uh, DraftKings because these are some of the worst days in all of sports because, you know, the all-star break and things like that. There's not a lot going on. If you want to get weird with it, which I I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend, there is uh, a soccer-friendly today. Legal Warsaw is taking on Celtic. Celtic, uh, with their new additions, they're a team out of Scotland. Uh, Minus 150 to win. They will win. Um, with the signings that they just made, Kyogo coming out of Japan, of course, the man Callum McGregor in the middle. Apologize, I brought this up on the show, guys. No, you're <laughs> so, so, you, ta- you, talk, you talk about a lock. Celtic uh, should win that friendly. So if you if you if you want to turn a dollar into a cool dollar fifty, there you go. There you have it. Say, I'm uh, looking at little darts here. <laughs> uh, we got darts today at two fifteen and three two fifteen three at three four and five. And if you haven't watched like professional darts over in Europe. It's exactly what you think it is. It's just this huge giant bar basically with these dartboards on the wall and people are barely paying attention. I think the guys even throwing the darts might have beers in their hands and it's electric. It's one of the more electric things you're ever going to watch. But I'm going to take uh I don't know how to say his name. Gerwin <laughs> Gerwin Price to beat uh, Dave Chisnall today. You heard it here darts. first. You're fading Chisnall. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, dude, I know. I know. So let's see. What's a dollar get you on that? Oh, actually flip that. I'm going to take Chisnall <laughs> well, over on Price. Dave. Yeah, we're oh. way back on Dave. We're taking Chisnall <laughs> over Price. Dollar gets you what? 180? 168. Hey, and pair that with the uh, Rangers being the Marlins. You'll be good to go, right? Yeah, exactly. you. There you go. Throw a little Celtic in there. That would be the strangest parlor. Throw, throw darts, MLB, and a little bit of soccer into that mix. Now, I did want to bring this up as well with the, the bets being fringe for today with everything going on. So, as known, the NFL eliminated their one-shell rule this past season, bringing a lot of alternate helmets and alternate uniforms back into the fold. The Carolina Panthers just unveiled a new black alternate helmet that they're planning on wearing at Week 9 this season. And you also have seen new ones from the Texans, the Bengals. You've seen multiple teams bring back things. So I want to ask both of you this question. Do you have a favorite NFL alternate uniform? Is there one that just stands out for you that you're happy to have back? The Ravens uh, purple and black alternates. You can't you can't beat that. On a blackout game at M&T Bank, the purple and black ones. A Monday night at that, purple and black ones are the best. Think so? Yeah. I, I've only supported two NFL teams. Obviously, I'm a St. Louis sports fan, but they broke my heart. Forget you, Stan Kroenke. <laughs> um, and, and now um, the... The, the Raiders and the Raiders have such a classic uniform combination. You can't, there's no alternate for them. Mm-hmm. And then even the Rams with that old gold and, uh, and, and blue as well. They weren't, that wasn't really an alternate era of NFL uniforms. So to be quite honest with you, you can't mess with the silver and black. So I don't have one, That's true. but I can totally understand with these other fan bases, you know, like the Browns doing something in Cleveland when they introduced more rock and roll hall of fame stuff. And like you said with Baltimore, cause those were some clean unis. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The Oilers are uh, anytime the, like Texans or whoever brings back the baby blues, but baby blue in any sport, that jersey is always going to look the best. Like the old Cardinals, baby blue ones always looked good. Oh, yeah. The Phillies one looked good. Since you're you got a Philly shirt on today for some reason, <laughs> but, I'd say um, for mine, I think I think the uh, Patriots bring you back the uh, Pat Patriot helmet, the uh, white helmet cool. there, and the red jersey. I'm so excited to see that at some point. Just like the Purdue one. The Purdue throwback. Oh, yeah, the Purdue throwback. With Purdue uh, Pete or whatever his name is. The uh, frightening Purdue Pete on the side of the helmet. (laughs) If you haven't seen the uh, mascot for Purdue, go look it up online. It's maybe the most petrifying thing you'll see all day. (laughs) Well, that does it for us today on Panhandle Sports Live. If you missed any of it, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. But for Parker and Luke, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
AM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.